It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 520 of Locked On Raptors. <sighs> I'm your host, Sean Woodley of uh, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out, as always, the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. And, uh, yeah, you know the spiel by now, man. On today's show... I am currently standing in the tunnel on the east end of the uh, Scotiabank Arena watching our friend James Herbert do a television hit with Reed Forgrave of CBS Sports. Very proud of our friend James Herbert in the blazer and button-up shirt. Looking good. Uh, I'm doing this solo because everyone's busy writing, obviously, and uh, no one wanted to come on the pod or could come on the pod. That's fine. No big deal. I'm here. The Raptors have just beaten the... Milwaukee Bucks by a score of 100-94 to move to the motherfucking NBA Finals. It's uh, it's surreal right now. I don't think I've ever been in a building that loud. Every single moment of the game was... It, it just... I'll never forget that game. The Raptors started off horribly. It was uh, a really rough start to the game. The offense was super sticky. Uh, the Bucks were kind of getting whatever they wanted to. They and it wasn't so much the Bucks getting what they wanted. It's just they were hitting threes, like wide open threes that they have been creating the entire series, but weren't hitting them for most for the most part. And it was really frustrating to see, you know, Malcolm Brogdon can a couple threes and Giannis hit two threes and Ursan um, Ilyasova hit a couple bonkers threes to start the game as well. And that sucked. It was, it was really kind of nervous and morose for a little while. It was 31-18 after the first quarter, and I, I from my timeline, people were freaking out. I, I don't know how everyone else was feeling, but um, I, I kind of felt okay going into the second quarter because I thought the Raptors' defense looked pretty good. They were forcing turnovers. I think they had like four steals in the first like three or four minutes of the game, and I thought they kind of looked all right. And then. As the game sort of progressed, as the first quarter progressed, like the 13-point lead kind of expanded. It's like, ah, oh, this is not great. they got to figure something out here. Um, second quarter starts, and I was feeling okay because the defense, like I said, was really, really good. And as the second quarter progressed, the Bucks started missing shots. The Bucks started panicking a little bit in the half court. And what we've seen the entire series was the Bucks could not score when the Raptors' defense was set. And that really manifested itself in that second quarter. Just 19 points from Milwaukee in the second quarter there. The Raptors put up 25. And it felt like they the Raptors being down by, geez, what the hell was it? Seven at halftime is 50-43. That felt like kind of a steal, really. It did not feel like they should have been up or should have been down by that, by that few. It should have been a, a much bigger lead. And I'm sure Milwaukee, for much like many things in this series, they're going to kick themselves for not having sort of stepped on the throat a little bit more. But again, the Raptors' defense was so good, they couldn't really do that. It was They were sort of limited in what they could do to sort of run away with it because the Raptors' defense is so damn good. And it's been the story of the entire series. It's been the story of uh, 
the entire playoffs. The Raptors defense, when it kicks in, it's it's something beautiful to watch. It's it's the Raptors have never had a defense like this before. The Raptors have never had this sort of thing to fall back on. A lot of times in, in the playoffs, think about last year, the offense started working, it was great, and then as soon as the offense starts working, the defense becomes absolutely prone to being picked apart by elite offenses. And that was the story of last year's playoffs. That's why they lost to the Cavs in the very unceremonious fashion that they did. And that's just not the case this year, man. The defense is out of control good. And the second quarter is where the thing kind of really turned around. The Raptors left that that quarter with just seven points to make up. And it really kind of felt like, all right, they're on track here. Then the third quarter starts, and it was not pretty. A lot of missed shots for the Raptors. A lot of just sort of careless, again, the sticky sort of half-court offense was brutal. Just like they could not get open looks. And, and look, this is credit to the Bucks as well. Their defense is very good. And I think maybe for the last couple of games, people have been kind of treated to a not-so-good Bucks defense that was kind of falling asleep here and there. And that just, you know, that, that they kind of tightened things up. And their defense, they were the number one defense in the league for the reason this year. They were fantastic. And Brooke Lopez was great around the rim. Giannis was flying out of nowhere for blocks here and there. It was it was remarkable. It, it, it was fun to watch the Bucks play defense in that little stretch. As much as it was anguish from the Raptors' side of things, it was, like, really, really good defense on both sides. And it was what we've seen for most of these playoffs. Just, like, really, really rabid defensive battles that the Raptors are very much equipped to be part of. And so as the third quarter is going on, it's, you know, it's getting dire. It's, oh, the lead's up to eight. The lead's up to, you know, nine. It's, oh, it's 15 now. Shit. What's going to happen? And, and so I wrote in my notes at 2.18, I believe, of the third quarter, or 2.28. Yeah, 2.18. Giannis goes out and sits down. The score is 76-61. And I wrote in my notes, this is pretty much the game, it would seem. And instantly, Kawhi Leonard goes down, gets an and one. And then Kawhi hits a mid-range jumper to pull it to 76-68 after you know, a couple of nice sequences on defense. There's one play in this game that I think will be forgotten. It wasn't even something that maybe the cameras even caught. But Fred Van Vliet boxed out Brooke Lopez on a miss by the Bucks that led, down to, that led to Kawhi's mid-range jumper that made it 76-68. And, or 66 maybe. And the box out he made was just absolutely monstrous because Brooke Lopez had killed the Raptors all night long and continued to do so into crunch time later in the game um, on the glass. He had two offensive boards in this game. I think he scored immediately off of both of them. And the like the, the, the offensive boards in this game were the killer. They gave up eight offensive boards in the first quarter, 12 on the night. They were awful. And to see Fred kind of step up with that incredible box out, it, it, it kind of, to me... Very underrated play is going to kind of stem the... It, it seemed like it kind of stemmed the tide a little bit. That the Bucks were kind of imposing on the Raptors. And then, of course, Kawhi. The last two minutes of that quarter for Kawhi has to be one of the greatest sequences a player has ever put together in the playoffs in that kind of game. It was absurd. He got to the line. He got fouled. He went to the line for three. Uh, after the end one and after the mid-range jumper, he, like, scrambled around for another offensive board. He... Like, he just, like, the second, the third free throw of when he went to the line for three, he missed the third and got his own motherfucking rebound. <laughs> he just was, he was on it. It was, I just, I, there's no words for the way he finished that quarter. I just wrote in my notes here, Kawhi. And it, it's entirely based on Kawhi. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, I think, hit a three in there as well or did some other stuff, and Fred was amazing. But, like, I think Kawhi had an assist as well on a Serge Ibaka dunk, which was huge. 
And it just, it, it really set the stage for a fourth quarter where the Raptors were down five, but it really felt like they were just going to do the thing. Their defense had kicked in to such a degree that it was... It, you know, it was it was like inspiring to watch them play defense the way they did to late in the third quarter, and then to start the fourth, the Raptors went on a twenty-six to three run, twenty-six to three. I don't know how, the, mostly because of Kawhi, but even then, it wasn't all Kawhi because he sat to start the, the the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking, all right, just like buy two minutes here, and Kawhi can come back in, and it'll be okay. And instead, the Raptors, Kyle plus bench guys plus I think Siakam maybe. Bought them three and a half minutes without Kawhi and continued to build like build on the lead from there. And it was... They took the lead at... Actually, just after Kawhi came in. They The Raptors went up, actually, 80-78. Then there was a timeout by the Bucks or a sub by the Bucks. Kawhi comes in. They bought him three and a half minutes. It's huge. Fred hits a three immediately, and it feels like, all right, this is on the way. The Raptors are going to win this thing. It's gonna They're like going to blow it open. And then the Bucks kind of come back, and I don't know about you guys, but man, it felt really, really dark for a second when it went from 87-81, or 87-79 to 87-86. And it was a little dicey. You know, Gasol comes in with like 5.20 left, and they have the closing lineup out there. A couple guys missed threes. I think Gasol missed a three, and then Kawhi missed a three that just like totally spun out. And it was, you know, it was kind of hairy there. But then there was this defensive possession with five minutes left that was just so smothering just so smothering and I think they forced a miss at the, at the clock by I think Eric Bledsoe maybe and then and Kyle picks up the rebound goes the other way high off glass finish coast to coast no help Kyle was so fucking good in this game man what do you have like 17 points 5 boards 8 assists something absurd like that it, it was a perfect Kyle Lowry game 3 of 4 from deep the 2 threes he hit in the 4th quarter were absolutely monstrous and they really like just everything everyone oh, like <sighs> everybody Kawhi Siakam had an incredible defensive game Siakam broke up a Giannis pick and roll like they tried to throw it to Giannis on the pick and roll and he just broke it up with like two minutes left and I'm just I, I'm still just kind of like sorting it through it, it, it just it's thoughts aren't really resonating sticking in the brain right now it, it's it's too much almost to handle it, it's they pulled it out man the defense in late in the game was absolutely absurd they gave up 18 points in the fourth quarter almost a third of the points they gave up in the entire game were in the first quarter and then they just locked it in and they, that's what they can do and, and nick nurse talked after the game about the stretches that the team has and the, and the stretches that they've had to so just sort of like string together stops and they did it in game five in milwaukee and that's what kind of gave me hope for you know when things were going hairy here i think i tweeted it out like hey they're up 13 or that they're down 13 at any time they're three minutes away of really really good defense away from tying or taking a lead in a game like that and that proved to be true <laughs> not to pat my own back or anything but hey it was fine <laughs> and so it was just to see that what Kawhi did late in that game, he hits a three finally, it bounces off. That rim needs to go in the fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, and then just to see the reactions, Kawhi throws down the dunk. I forgot about the dunk. My brain is just scrambled right now. Kawhi throws down the dunk. He off of another Lowry steal, and that, that I think that that's what put them up like 87-79. And honestly, that felt like it was over then. And, and you know, I, even when the Bucks came back. As much as there was like anguish and maybe a bit of fear that things were gonna go haywire, 
you still know the Raptors had that defense to fall back on, and it was it was remarkable to watch. It, it's like it's art. The the defense they're playing is so beyond anything we've ever seen from a Raptors team before. Big shouts to Danny Green going 0-4 again. <laughs> he only played 14 minutes, barely played in the second half. I'm not sure what Danny Green's lot in the finals is going to be, but man, he, he's been saved by the fact that Norm Powell, Serge Ibaka, and Fred Van Vliet have all kind of become very good again. Ibaka had incredible energy in this game. Fred was... Like, it, it's... Milwaukee Bucks fans are going to think of Fred Van Vliet the way Raptors fans thought about J.R. Smith last year. Like, how did this dude suddenly become so hot? He was 4 or 5 again from deep. His defense again. I just come back to the defense for everybody, man. The fact that this like a five foot eleven dude can defend this way, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It defies logic. But he 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 chipped in there, and it just to see the look on Kyle Lowry's face when the buzzer goes. That's my favorite part of the entire night, by the way. I, I'm skipping all over the place. I don't care. I'm, I'll do a regular podcast tomorrow where I have a more coherent thought. But it, it just to see Kyle Lowry's face when the buzzer goes or with like seven seconds left and you can see him sort of know that it's going to happen there i mean the, la the last part of the game was like just like a giant tease because the refs had like three reviews in the, in the lake going there and there was very little in the way of flow at the end of the game um there was like a hairy moment where they couldn't get the ball inbounded very well they had to call a timeout and they barely got it into pascal pascal went to the line hit one or two some poetry there considering he went over to when he had a chance to seal game three and sent to send it to overtime uh, just to see the look on Lowry's face, that that's to me the thing that's going to resonate for me the most. That dude's worked so fucking hard and has been around for so much shit and has taken so much shit unjustly for whatever his you know his perceived shortcomings in the postseason. And to see the look on his face when he is up with Ernie Johnson getting asked about the game when the, when they're getting the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. And hearing the crowd just, like, chanting, Lowry, Lowry, like, it was, that's worth it right there. The Raptors can lose in the finals. I don't give a damn. To get that moment for Kyle Lowry where he's the center of attention and he's receiving the love that he deserves, damn, man, that that's that makes it all worth it. it it's, I, I <laughs> the Raptors are in the NBA finals, man. It's, uh... It's wild. It's wild. I... I, <laughs> My parents came down for the game. They, I don't know if you guys saw. I did a little Twitter thread on their excursion down here. Um, they uh, don't like basketball. They never liked sports very much. I didn't like sports because of my parents. It was more my grandpa um, who got me into sports. And my parents are just kind of like, eh, you know, they'll take it or leave it. When the playoffs are on, they'll care, but then they'll forget about it immediately if they lose. My mom laughed at me in 2004 when Jeremy Roenick scored the overtime goal against the Leafs to eliminate them, and I cried. She's like, what's wrong with you? It's just sports. Um, and the Raptors have kind of changed it for them, and this is, like, the beauty of it all, man, is it brings people together in a way that nothing else really can. And so my parents, they last night text me to like hey we're coming down for the game and I'm like oh my god and they wanted to stand in the square and my parents both have chronic leg pain <laughs> like my dad's literally been like 
laid up for two weeks because his knees are so bad. And they were like, no, we're going to stand in the square. Thankfully, they didn't because the lineup was absurd and it rained. Uh, shouts to anyone who went to the square. Shouts to the, like, the, I don't know, tens of thousands of people just, like, on Bremner Boulevard. Unbelievable stuff. And they, um... So my parents came down. We, we found a bar for them to go to. I, like, shepherded them around downtown. Got denied by a couple bars that didn't have space. And they got into a bar and watched the game. And then they were going to leave because they wanted to beat traffic. Get, to get on the train before anything. And then they were walking back. And I guess the comeback was happening as they were walking towards the GO station. They live in Oshawa, by the way, which is an hour away. An hour train ride away, they came into town. They don't do anything. They don't go to bars. They don't have friends. They hang out in their backyard. That's all they do. And they came down for this game. And then on their way back, thinking they were going to go home, they stopped in the square, sent me a selfie after the game from the square. And it was, uh... It's so, so cool. <laughs> and I, I'm sure there are a lot of stories like that with people whose parents got into this thing and made people, or like friends who maybe you, you know, didn't have that connection with now. It, like, the, the Raptors have done that. That's what this team is about. That's what the, that's what the season's done, man. It's... It's almost uh, too overwhelming to even talk about it. Actually, I've been I've gone on for long enough here. Um, we'll do an actual podcast where I actually have thoughts to put together in a little bit uh, in the next day or two, uh, probably Sunday, and uh, we'll talk about that. But man, Raptors in the finals. It's remarkable. It's unbelievable. I can't. It's obviously the team had the juice to do it. They're a really, really, really good team, but they. Uh, the fact that they pulled it out, the fact that they just like never stopped getting punched and never stopped recovering from those punches. Game one against the Magic, game three against Philly, game six against Philly, the first two games against Milwaukee, you know, the first half and or three quarters of this game. Unkillable team. It's entirely different from any Raptors team that's ever existed before. And uh, it's a it's a treat. It's it's just like an absolute gift to be able to watch this team. Uh, that's going to do it for, for today's show. I'll, I'll come back again with a more coherent podcast another time soon. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again with another episode of Locked on Raptors, probably previewing the finals because the Raptors are in the NBA finals. And it's uh, it's never going to stop getting old. It's, it's, or it's never going to get old. It's never going to stop being amazing. Whatever the fuck. I can't say words now. It's cool. Whatever. Uh, that's it. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy, be safe, party into the wee hours of the night. This was awesome, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.